Our epistle reading is from Romans. When Paul wrote this letter to the church in Rome, at that point he had not been to Rome. But he knew that there was a major divide between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. That particular division, that might be kind of hard for us to comprehend today, but, well, you just have to watch the evening news or read the paper to see some of the problems that come with being a divided community, burdened with bickering, ripped up by relentless fussing. In the verses we'll read from the 15th chapter of Romans, Paul makes one more appeal for unity. Listen now for God's word in the 15th chapter of Romans. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up the neighbor. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice Glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all, let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What are you filled with? Betty and I have been enjoyed watching a popular BBC TV series on Netflix. It's called The Crown. The series tells stories from the life of Britain's Queen Elizabeth. In a recent episode, said in 1969, about the same time as the world was watching Neil Armstrong take that first step on the moon and those three astronauts so bravely doing something no one had done before. In fact, they show some of the footage on the TV series and, and the Queen kind of mentions, we've been offered the chance of an audience with the astronauts, are you interested? And he said, yes, yes because they 
the prince has been going through a midlife crisis. He's, he's quit going to church. He told his mother he lost his faith. Kind of hard when your mother's a nun to be telling her that. And he was just grumpy. Well, in this episode, Prince Philip faces a midlife crisis in which he feels adrift, directionless, spiritually inert. He tells a group he's grown to trust that there wasn't a specific moment when it started. It's been more of a gradual thing, a drip, drip, drip of doubt, disaffection, disease, discomfort, and compulsive over-exercising, an inability to find calm or satisfaction or fulfillment, and when you look at it, all these symptoms, of course, it doesn't take a genius to tell you, they all suggest a, I'm slap bang, slap bang in the middle of a, I can't even name it, a crisis. Well, if he's filled with anything, the prince is filled with doubt, despair, and directionlessness. He's not filled, he's unfulfilled. He's lost his faith. Now listen again to that last verse we read from Romans. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what are you filled with? Paul's prayer that we, was that we Christians be filled with hope. Not what one scholar called the immature hope that's optimistic because it doesn't see any difficulties and has not yet encountered the experiences of life. It's not hope in the human spirit. It's not hope in the human goodness. It's not hope in human achievement. It's hope in the power of God. Our hope is based on trust that God's faithfulness, God's love, endures forever. Paul's prayer is that the God of hope fill you with joy. So what is this joy? Well, first think about what it's not. Christian joy is not some sort of giddy glee that wears a beatific smile no matter what, no matter what. Maybe you've seen those commercials for this diabetic medication called Trulicity. Well, there's seven of them, several of them have similar commercials. Some of these ads, they have a middle-aged guy and some of them a middle-aged lady kind of humming and grinning and dance-walking, bebopping all around the office doing routine tasks. Now his co-workers, they might not, they might not plot to kill him, <laughs> but surely somebody would complain to human resources. Hello, HR, we got a nut working in our office. <laughs> he might blow up any minute. People just don't do that, do they? No, Christian joy is not some sort of saccharine, giddy gleefulness. Nor is it the short-lived excitement of, say, acquisition. You've seen all those winners of TV contests and the winners of lottery, mega millions, and other people grinning and jumping up and down, celebrating some sort of prize apparently unaware that there are going to be taxes due on that, buddy. <laughs> the religion of consumerism may keep the economy churning, but in the long run, it doesn't really do much for the soul, does it? 
No, Christian joy doesn't come from things, doesn't come from outside. Christian joy comes from our being aware of the presence of the living Lord and the certainty Paul wrote of at the end of the eighth chapter of Romans that nothing, nothing, neither life nor death nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So Paul's prayer is that the God of hope fill you with all joy. And then he prays that we be filled with peace in believing. That commentator I like to read sometimes, William Barclay writes that some ancient philosophers, the cynics, wished for the same state that many moderns long for. The untroubled life. Some people, worn down by the treadmill of the work week, mistakenly believe that, well, for example, they think when they retire and they don't have meetings and deadlines and work goals and memos and all that stuff to deal with, their life will be peaceful, untroubled. Or as one smart aleck described it, six Saturdays and a Sunday. <laughs> I believe that if you look at any person, any person, and you think, oh, they got it figured out, they got it made in the shade, easy street. If you think those things about a person, you really don't, you really don't know them very well. Everyone has challenges, and if you really knew them, you would never be tempted to swap your troubles for someone else's. Well, Barclay says that our peace is disturbed by inner tension, by distraction. And distraction is another one of those words you understand better if you know a little bit about the Latin word it came from, destructus, which means to pull apart. When we're distracted, pulled away from what's most important, when we allow doubt and fear to pull us away from our faith in God, whose love for us endures forever. That's bad. So what are you filled with? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Spirit of the Lord rest on you, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.